The Columbus Blue Jackets raised Rick Nash's jersey to the rafters. He became the first player ever to have his jersey retired by that franchise. And the New Jersey Devils and Toronto Maple Leafs are approaching the trade deadline differently. We have three of our local experts to discuss that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the Locked On NHL podcast. Your Locked On NHL, your daily podcast on the National Hockey League. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, everybody, thank you and welcome to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL Podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you as always every Monday Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. We have got three great local guests uh, today to discuss a lot of different issues. First of all, we have. Jay Forster of Locked On Blue Jackets to discuss the first ever jersey retirement in Columbus Blue Jackets history, that belonging to Rick Nash. Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils is here to discuss how that young team is going to approach the trade deadline. And then Michael DiStefano of Locked On Leafs joins us to talk a little bit of that team. Boy, the Maple Leafs having some issues on defense and in goal. How are they going to handle the trade deadline That is going to be an interesting thing that's going to affect a lot of teams down the stretch, and we've got that and a lot more coming up on this episode of the show. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show, and we just had him on last week, but uh, my pleasure to welcome back Jay Foster of Locked On Blue Jackets. Uh, Jay, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I was going to say two weeks in a row. This is, uh, I feel special. (laughs) <laughs> well, it's always good to have you here and always good to talk Blue Jackets with you. But a little history made in Columbus, the first franchise jersey retirement. And who better to get that honor than Rick Nash? Yeah, exactly. It was it was always going to be Rick Nash. Um, he is Columbus hockey. You know, a lot of he he's from before my time being a being a hockey fan. Um he left the team in 2012, so I didn't really get to see the impact he had on the team. But like now, we're starting to see the impact that he had on Columbus and the the youth teams there. And it, it's just, yeah, he's he's a special player for this city. And, you know, I know when you look at some of the other teams, it's tough to be like, oh, yeah, Rick Nash is the best player that's ever played for the Blue Jackets. But uh, he he is, you know, we don't have the history of some of the other teams. We don't have the accolades that some of the other teams have, but we have kids playing on our team now. We have kids playing in the NHL that started playing hockey because of Rick Nash. And that's really cool, I think. Uh, absolutely. And, you know, he was the best goal scorer. He was there. How many years in a row was he their representative in, in the All-Star game? I mean, he... He really was the face of the franchise when they entered the National Hockey League. Yeah, hundred percent. He like for a long time he was the only good player on the team. You know, which sounds like hyperbole, but 
it's it's a team that has not had a lot of luck in the draft. It's a team that was brutally mismanaged, I would say, from inception all the way through to when Yama Kakalainen took over in 2013. You know, so to have a player like Rick Nash, it makes sense that that's who the city build builds their their hopes around for for hockey. Yeah, le- led the league in goal scoring, winning the Rocket Richard back in two thousand three, two thousand four. Had another forty goal season in in two thousand eight, two thousand nine. Uh, what did you think about his speech at the uh, at the ceremony on Saturday? Yeah, I thought it was. I really liked the whole ceremony. Uh, I thought it was really well done. I thought it was just a really nice moment for, again, like the city of Columbus, who, you know, the team has had kind of a rough go of it. The past year, obviously, the passing of Matisse Kivlenics was a big, left a big hole in, in this community. And so, you know, between that and then having this ceremony to look forward to, having uh, Nick Foligno back in the building for the first time, who was one of the most beloved Blue Jackets, you know, since 2012. Uh, you know, it was it was a really nice night. I thought he he made a really good speech. I love, I, I just, you can see how much he loved Columbus and how much he still loves Columbus and the Blue Jackets in, in his speech. And so I thought it was, it was a really nice way to, yeah, to honour him, but also for him to honour the team and the city and the fans. I think he, he was so inclusive in his speech as to how he felt about the fans and what they meant to him over the years. Yeah, a hundred percent. And, you know, I, I think a lot of players will say, Oh, you know, the fans are what's important and don't necessarily mean that. But in a, in a city like Columbus where, you know, it's not the most exciting City. I'm a, I'm a huge fan of Columbus, the city, uh, but I know a lot of people who haven't been are like, man, what's what is it? What is even in Columbus? But like, Columbus is a great city, but it's not New York, it's not Chicago, it's not Toronto, you know. Um, and so I think to him, yeah, like, okay, he was never going to be a star along the lines of you know a Sidney Crosby, for example. But the fans made him feel like Sidney Crosby in this town, you know? And so I think there's there's a, a relationship there that you wouldn't get in a bigger city, I think. No question about it. couple of tough losses this week. One goal losses to LA and Boston, both at home. The Boston loss coming in a shootout. Where does this leave the Blue Jackets as we get closer to the trade deadline? Well, I mean, it didn't help that Washington won as well. Uh, We are, I believe, seven or nine points back of Washington for the second wildcard spot, so that's not ideal. Um, You know, we talked last week about how the next couple of weeks were going to be super important for what the Blue Jackets do at the trade deadline. This, obviously, I don't think either of the losses were a huge cause for concern. Uh, The the Kings' loss came uh, in overtime, after having uh, a Blue Jackets goal disallowed for being offside for like the eighth time this season, which is just bananas. I, like, that's not hyperbole. I think that is literally the eighth goal they've had called back for being offside wow. after a yeah. review this season. You know, I don't think either of the, the losses are particularly a cause for concern, but it doesn't help that one of them was against Boston, who we are trying to catch in the standings. Um, 
you know, two points out of four is not a terrible weekend, but it's not the weekend I think that that we hoped for. Um, so you know, it's it's getting the 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 we are on a ticking clock. You know, the closer we get to the trade deadline, the less time the Blue Jackets have to make the playoffs. And this was unfortunately not even necessarily a step in the wrong direction. I just think they didn't take a step. So it was it was frustrating. Not the end of the world, but I think probably not ideal in terms of their fight to make the playoffs. Now, at least the goaltending situation seems to have stabilized. Talk a little bit about the health of your goaltenders, because last week that was a big issue. Yes, Muslikins is healthy. Uh, Jonas Kopsalo is one his way back, which is excellent news. Um, you know, it uh, it was a rough week or so there when we had our fourth and sixth string goaltenders in the uh, in the rotation. But uh, I thought Elvis had a a good weekend. Uh, he was, I think, I want to say thirty eight saves against Boston last night. Which I mean, Boston's a Boston can be a lethal team. When they're on, uh, he played pretty well against LA as well. I thought, obviously, you know, two overtime losses or an overtime loss and a shootout loss, not uh, not ideal. But he has been pretty good since coming back from injury, which is uh, which is exactly what we need to see. Uh, hopefully, Corpsalo gets back, and then we can kind of get back to rotating the goalies a little bit more. Um, it's kind of it's been weird. We started off. At the start of the season, it was very much, uh, well, Elvis plays one game and then Jonas Kopsal plays the next game and rotating like that. Elvis kind of took over due to uh, better play. Uh, Kopsalo has been injured a couple of times this season, but I think, you know, Elvis is still a fairly young goaltender, especially in the terms of the NHL. This is only his third season, I believe. Um, you know, it is, uh, it'll, be, it'll be interesting to see how he handles this workload down the stretch. Uh, because he's never played a full season as the starter. And so I think, you know, and we're kind of seeing it with Jack Campbell in Toronto. You know, he was phenomenal for them last season, and he was phenomenal for the first, what, 30-ish games for, for Toronto this season. And now you can see, okay, he's not used to being a starter. I think that fatigue is starting to wear on him, and I hope that we don't kind of get to see that with Elvis because goalie injuries have forced us to play Elvis for the entire 30-whatever games that are remaining. <laughs> yeah, that would that would be difficult. Jay, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they could find your podcast and where they could find you on social media? Uh, yeah, so you can find Locked On Blue Jackets uh, anywhere that you get Locked On NHL. Uh, we are LO underscore Blue Jackets on Twitter. We are soon to be YouTube, hopefully as of today, actually, if uh, if all if all goes well. Um, so you can find me on YouTube. You can find me wherever you get your podcast uh if you would like some dog pictures i assume that you can hear the dog in the background of this entire interview um, if you would like some pictures of him he's very cute uh you can follow me over at uh, underscore jacob foster j-a-k-o-b-f-o-r-s-t-e-r all right always a pleasure jay thanks again yeah thanks for having me Today's episode is brought to you by Athletic Greens. Our next partner is a product I literally use every day. I started taking Athletic Greens because I hate taking pills and vitamins, and I wanted a supplement that actually tastes great and wanted to see what, what all the hype was about. So what is this stuff? Well, with one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, 
probiotics, and adopt, uh, adoptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, focus, and aging. Yes, all of these things. And I'll tell you, look, this is lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free, it contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And it supports better sleep quality, recovery, medical, uh, mental clarity, and alertness. It's the one thing with the best of things. Athletic Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iterations and third-party testing. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen. For your next listen, check out Locked On Now podcast, nightly recaps of every NHL game with analysis from our local experts every Monday through Friday. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Welcome back to the Locked On NHL podcast, and thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Right now, it's my pleasure to welcome back to the show a man who we haven't had on in way too long. So Trey Matthews of Locked On New Jersey Devils, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Gil. Uh, excited uh, to talk a little. Pardon me, I'm a little jet lagged because I just literally got back from Vegas just a few hours ago. So still not used to uh, it being three hours ahead. Now, Let's try to get trying to get reaccustomed to it. I, I hear you. I hope you had a good time at least. I did. Don't worry. No gambling. No gambling. Oh. The, I promised my parents no gambling. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. So the New Jersey Devils, let's talk a little bit about Sunday's game, a nice uh, overtime win over the St. Louis Blues. And and again, you know, the one thing I love about the Devils, their young players really are stepping up and making key contributions. Uh, you are right. And the one person I was happy to see actually get a goal or, you know, do something was um was ty smith he's been struggling heavily this year like last year he had his name in the calder memorial trophy race and now this year he's just become an afterthought and he's actually become a liability on the defensive end and it got to the point where not just too long ago we actually had to make him a healthy scratch because you know uh it's so funny because last year i said he was arguably one of our best defensemen despite him being a rookie but now here we are uh this year and he's been wildly inconsistent like I said, he's been a huge liability, but I'm just so glad that he was able to, you know, finally get a goal and just, you know, show everyone that, hey, you know, maybe maybe it's not too late for him to turn it around. Also, Dawson Mercer, he's been getting it going uh, uh, a lot recently. And uh, the one thing I want to highlight, um, uh, Gil, is that Hughes and Brock were able to get a point this game. Like Hughes had uh, a couple of points because he assisted on Dawson Mercer's goal and Dougie Hamilton's uh overtime goal and brought was able to get an assist on Ty Smith's uh, goal as well. I just want to talk briefly about um, 
um, about Brat and, and Hughes, just because both of them have been averaging a about a point per game for the New Jersey Devils. It's been a while since we've had uh, two players on our team average uh, a point per game. And the thing about Brat is that I don't think anyone anticipated for him to have the season that he is having. And he is certainly going to uh, get a newer contract for the Devils, barring anything catastrophic happening. I would expect it for it to be maybe a two to three year deal, just so we're conservative about it, just due to the fact that, um, you know, this is a career year for him. This is by far his best season in the league, but we just got to know if he's, if is, is this a one hit wonder? Is he a one trick pony? Uh, we, we, we don't want to, you know, sign him to a long-term deal. And just potentially, like, he just be a huge bust. Like, we don't want to do that. So, I think um, the, the key for us is that we have to be uh, just conservative about our young guys. And uh, j- just know we, we got a unit together. We just we, – we have the ingredients. We just need the, the chefs and the sous chefs to just put it together. So, um, we have a lot of young pieces. And uh, I'm really excited for the future, just like you said. So, uh, Brock Hughes, Heizer, um, Hamilton. And I haven't given up on Blackwood yet. No, too too early to give up on him. And you're making me hungry with your analogies here, but that's a good thing. So uh, you talk about this young core, and, and there is a lot to get excited about. So the trade deadline is a couple of weeks away. How do you see the Devils uh, philosophically looking ahead at the trade deadline? What do you expect them to do? Okay, so here's what I expect them to do. They're not going to be sellers. Like, I know they're struggling this year. I know – you know, the season hasn't really gone as we anticipated because I anticipated for them to be at least a dark horse team in the playoff race. But um, just things didn't go their way in terms of injuries, in terms of COVID. I know a lot of teams are dealing with that, but still, you know, uh, doesn't take away from the fact that the Devils have also been hit hard with it. So I would anticipate the Devils not to be sellers, but maybe just put a few feelers out because we don't really have the pieces to blow it all up. What I mean by that is Hughes is signed to a long-term deal. Heizer is signed to a long-term deal. Hamilton is signed to a long-term deal. And then, you know, obviously, I don't think the Devils are going to be stupid enough to trade Jesper Brad with the season he's having because Jack Hughes does not have the season he is having if it's not for uh, Jesper Brad, quite honestly. So I think overall, um, I, I would not expect us to be sellers. Like, I've, I've done a couple Silly Season episodes on my show. For anyone who doesn't know what Silly Season is, it's basically like I hear a trade rumor and I uh, give my – um opinions on that uh potential hypothetical scenario or do i want this player on my team or or that kind of thing so i've done one for connor garland i've done one for brock besser i've done one for quinn hughes so basically the devils are linked to um the are linked to any vancouver canucks deal at this point so um you know um i i i think I, I, I think the Devils are going to have somewhat of a quiet trade deadline. I don't expect them to get rid of anyone. I don't anticipate for them to try to pursue anyone, at least on a serious matter. I mean, would it be nice to have uh, Besser or Garland on our team? Yes, absolutely. But at the same time, you know, Garland is a uh, – that that's actually uh, something you got to commit to because he's signed to a long-term deal. And then uh, Besser, I think he's going to be a free agent after a year. So it's just like – you got to be a little careful if you're going to like deal some pieces away. Like he has to actually be committed to it. And then for Quinn Hughes, I think that's just a huge brew. Ha ha. Just because like, you know, we have Luke Hughes, we have Jack Hughes. So it's just like, why don't we get the third Hughes brothers? Why not? Let's just like bring the whole band together at this point. So uh, personally, I, 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 you know, it's fun to discuss and it is possible, but I wouldn't 
anticipated happening, especially like uh, we would have to give up so much to get Quinn Hughes. We, I think Jesper Brat would have to be the centerpiece of that deal. But um, talking about the trade deadline, a few players that have come to mind in terms of the Devils might try to sell is Pavel Zaka, P.K. Subban, Jimmy VC. Damon Severson, I think those are the few players that the Devils are looking to, like, get rid of because, you know, P.K. Subban, expiring contract. Jimmy V.C. signed to a, a tryout deal during the course of the offseason, impressed during preseason, impressed during training camp, so he got a, a deal with the Devils. And, you know, at one point during the year, he was leading our team in takeaways. Um, see, who, who, who else did I name? Damon Severson talked to uh, Michael of Locked On Leafs about – uh, maybe potentially trading Damon Severson to the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs, like, you know, maybe for a prospect or something like that. Personally, I don't think uh, they should jump on the gun on Damon Severson because he's he has this year and next year. So uh, just try to get a better gauge of what happens next year, and then you try to make a move. And, um, you know, Pavel Zaka, unfortunately, uh, I, I, I've been very patient with him, but I, I just don't think um, he's – cracked up what he what he was supposed to be like you know you know what i mean because uh his draft class like Connor mcdavid jack eichel yeah um you know mitch marner he the bar was set super high for him and he's not even a quarter of the way filling it so it's just like maybe it's best to maybe move on from pavel zaka and see what um could potentially happen and also uh I, i've heard that tom fitzgerald is just trying to uh see about goaltending as well because for the last few games we've been relying on Nico Dawes he's been doing pretty decent like he's got a couple wins for us and um you know uh, he's a for now situation but he's certainly not going to be a permanent stable point for the Devils especially since uh Blackwood and Bernier are both uh on the injured list Bernier's done for the year I don't know if Mackenzie Blackwood is coming back this year I'd be surprised if he did but we'll see what happens because I don't think the Devils are going to try to rush him because he re-injured that that same heel that um that he had surgery on during the course of the offseason. So, um, overall, it's just like um, I would anticipate the Devils to have somewhat of a quiet uh, trade deadline, but I think they're going to put out a few uh, feelers out there just to see what they could potentially get. Should be interesting. And, and you know, to me, a guy like P.K. Subban, who has experience, who can contribute on the power play and move the puck a little bit, you know, for the right playoff contender, I think he could be a definite asset. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I'm open to bringing P.K. Subban back. I don't want to mm -hmm. get rid of him, quite honestly, because I, if, if you're telling me we have a former Norris Trophy winner who has an absolute uh, rocket of a, of a slap shot and just someone who can assert himself on the defensive side of things, and P.K. Subban has actually gotten better this year. Like, each year that he's been with the Devils, it's not like a huge, like, upward, um, you know, uh, trajectory, but it's it's getting better. Like, it's like step by step by step. He, it seems like he's getting more comfortable, and I think it's because we're not relying on him to be the center point of our defense anymore. Now we got Dougie Hamilton. Last year, it was Ty Smith. So, um, overall, I just think um, I'm open to bringing P.K. Subban back just on a way cheaper deal because former Norris Trophy winner, I, I, I would like that on my bottom four defense, quite honestly. So, I'm, op I'm open to bringing P.K. Subban back, but just uh, for a cheaper deal. Do I think we could trade him? Um, I don't. I don't really know because you know we've been trying for the last couple of years. Uh, uh, we exposed them in the expansion draft. The Seattle Kraken didn't even want him, but then again, they stayed away from all the big contracts. But still, right. it's just like um, I think PK Subban is here for the long run for the Devils. And like I said, I'm open to bring him back just on a cheaper deal. All right, Trey. Why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they could find podcast and where they could find 
Okay, so you can find the show wherever you get your podcast from. We're also on YouTube at Locked On Devils. Uh, so please like and subscribe. Uh, subscribers have been going up recently. But as for my podcast, like I said, you can get it wherever you get your podcast from. So Spotify, Apple, uh, Apple Podcasts. Uh, like I said, wherever you get your podcast from and on social media, you can follow me at TreyMatt4, so at T-R-E-Y-M-A-T-T and the number four. And you can also follow my show at Locked On Devils on Twitter as well. That's where you can find me. All right, Trey, always a pleasure. Thanks for doing this. Thank you, Gil. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at Bet Online. Football might be over for this season, but basketball is in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, BetOnline.net is the number one spot for all your sports betting needs. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline.net is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC odds. Pretty much if you can bet on it, you can find it at bet online head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action bet online where the game starts today's episode is also brought to you by built bar this is the time of year i've pretty much given up on all my new year's resolutions but not this year i'm sticking to my resolution to eat right thanks to built bar it almost feels like it's not really a resolution because i actually enjoy eating them Have you tried the Puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best-tasting bars. Puffs are the first-ever protein-infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And like all Built Bars, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite with some incredible flavors like yummy, cinnamony, churro, coconut, marshmallow, banana cream pie. So good, they are going to be your new favorite. Most Built Bars contain just 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. At Built Bar, they are all about the taste. They make it delicious first, then figure out how to make it healthy. And I don't know how, but they pull it off every time. Go to Built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Welcome back to the Monday edition of the Locked On NHL podcast. Gil Martin, glad to be with you. And thank you for making Locked On NHL your first list and available on all platforms. It's my pleasure to welcome back to the show the host of Locked On Leafs, Mike DiStefano and the Mike, how you doing, and uh, how you holding up during these crazy times? Oh yeah, it's been uh, it's been an interesting interesting couple of weeks, not just in hockey but around the world. Well, a couple of years really, yeah. but uh, you know the the Maple Leafs are making things just extra confusing for for people <laughs> here in the Toronto area. That's for sure. So yeah, it's, yeah. it's been all right. You've been good, Gil. You've been you've been treating yourself well. As well I've as been you all can. right, hanging in there, and I mean, my yeah. Islanders aren't looking so good right now. So, yeah, no. you know, the big question I think, or the biggest question that everybody has about the Leafs, goals against. It's been uh, a big issue, especially lately, and the GM is at least publicly saying it's not the def- it's not the goalies, it's the defensemen. Your thoughts about that, and and does. Is it more than the defenseman? 
Is it both? What What are we looking at? Well, I think there's an element of truth to that where there is, you know, both are at fault. There, there was a time, a stretch there a couple of weeks back where the team was just, there were so many defensive breakdowns. They're allowing way too many um, rush chances, two-on-ones, odd-man rushes, and those are resulting in the goals. You're getting some backdoor tap-ins where you're, the guy would just get left on an island, basically, in an easy, empty net backdoor. And so they weren't getting the defensive help. But at the same time, there's also some easy back-breaking goals that have been allowed by the opposite or by the goaltender. So in a way, like, yes, the, the defense has not been the best as of late. Jake Muzzin is injured, one of their you know top four guys, and that's been a bit of an issue as well. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that it's the goaltending. I, I, in my personal opinion, I think that the goaltending is the bigger problem. If you looked at the advanced metrics, they're allowing about 16 or 17 goals allowed above expected since December 1st. That's a high number. That's a really high number. You look at the save percentage since December 1st, they're sitting there in the bottom of the league for uh, at 5-on-5, five five, 31st out of 32 teams in 5-on-5 five five save percentage. It's just it's not going very well uh, for, for the Toronto Maple Leafs right now in the goaltending. Sometimes they've been able to outscore their, their problems. Sometimes they haven't. It's been a little bit of an up and down a uh, couple of months here in Toronto. So, I mean, in the playoffs, you rely on your goaltending more. Things tend to get a little tighter. What do you expect the Maple Leafs to do at the deadline? And what are they willing to give up in order to get whatever it is they're looking to get? Yeah, it's an interesting question there, Gil. Um, it, it seems like every week the answer changes, to be quite honest with you. Like at first it was, all right, we need a top four defenseman to pair up with, with Jake Muzzin, really solidify that that top four that you got there, that nucleus. And then they have the big boys who have, have the offensive punch there with the, the core four of Matthews, Marner, Tavares, and Nylander. And then Tavares and Nylander went ice cold. Tavares actually Saturday night busted out of a 14-game goalless drought, which was not fun for him to be in. Um, but then as that line really started to go cold, it was, okay, maybe they need another top six winger to go with that line to try and you know increase that depth scoring. Because in the playoffs, if that top line gets shut down, you need to have that depth throughout. So maybe the top six could be uh, you know the, the next, I guess, the next rung that they're going to try and hit on. And then more recently, it's been maybe they need to go out and get a goalie. You know, Mark Andre Fleury. Uh, you remember that game like last weekend against the the Detroit Red Wings that ten seven debacle that happened. Yeah, Mark Andre Fleury at the Leafs was trending on Twitter, um, and I don't think that's going to happen. I believe that these two goalies, Peter Mrazek and Jack Campbell, are the two guys that Toronto's going to have to live with and die with as they go down the stretch here into the playoffs. But on Friday, GM Kyle Dubas spoke to the media and he said, unless they get uh, an update on Jake Muzzin and that he will not be able to return, they have one bullet left in the chamber to make some sort of deal. They're hoping that he comes back. Best case scenario, he returns to this team before the end of the season. And if that is the case, the one bullet that they have, they most likely look like they're leaning to add to the defense. So I believe that a defender will be um what they need to go out and get and it makes sense i mean you isn't it kind of silly to think that they need to go out and get a player to help nylander and tavares 
help get them going. Like, those guys are paid to get going themselves. Those two combined make about $18 million. $18 million bucks. And you need to go and try and get someone to supplement them? Like, that's just silly. So I think at the end of the day, it's the blue line that, that needs the attention here in Toronto. And I think that's probably where they're going to, uh, to make the addition. What are they willing to give up? Well, they've got their first and second round pick this year. They don't seem like they want to give up those picks and prospects. You know, Nick Robertson is a guy who's been talked about a little bit. He's got a, a little bit of a taste, just scored his first uh, NHL goal the other night, too, against Vancouver. Um, Matt Nyes is one of their top prospects that they have. Topi Niemela, another top prospect. So they've got some guys in the cupboard, no like superstar-esque type of players, but good depth guys. And I I'm not sure they want to part with any of those to go out and get a rental. Uh, it seems like if they're going to part with one of those guys, it's going to have to be for a defense and with term. Jacob Chikrin has been a player that's been talked about a little bit. Um, so it really all depends on what the what it's going to be in return. Yeah, that, that's always a, a, a big factor. How important do you think it is for the Leafs to try to get home ice advantage in the first round of the playoffs? Or is it more like just get us in there and, and let the chips fall where they may? Well, home ice advantage uh, depends. Is that home ice advantage with the second seed or with the first seed in the division? Because it's not necessarily home ice that you want in the Atlantic. You want to get the division crown. Because if you can get the crown and you avoid playing one of the Florida teams in the first uh, first round of the playoffs, I think that's got to be the goal here. So um, winning the division would be huge because then that means you either take on most likely things could change, obviously, but most likely either the Boston Bruins or one of the crossover teams from the Metro and the Maple Leafs would have a far better chance to get out of the first round for the first time since 2004 if they don't have to go to Florida to get it done. Right, but then they'd probably have to face the winner of Florida-Tampa Bay in the second round. Hey, man, if they make it to the second round, I'll take it. Just get to the dang second round, man. It's been 17 <laughs> years. 17 years, Gil. That's a long time. I mean, yeah. you, you, you've been watching a couple of long playoff runs with the Islanders, so I'm sure, you know, it, it, it doesn't feel good. It was a while before that had happened. Oh, yeah. Now it feels good, right? So the Maypace, hey. they just need to get out of the first round. That means, guarantees Florida – or Tampa in round two, so be it. Yeah. Just going to be out of the first round. And hey, if you're the Maple Leafs, if you finally exercise those demons, you get out of the first round, who knows where that could take you, right? For your confidence, because that, that put you in a little bit of a different stratosphere. And maybe then at that point, the big bad Tampa Bay Lightning or the big bad Panthers don't seem as daunting as they maybe would be in that first round. Would be a big monkey off the franchise's back. No question exactly. about that. And look, I know my Islanders went between 1993 and 2016 without winning a playoff round. So I know where you're coming from. There you go. There you in, go. In that respect. Mike, why don't you tell our listeners and our viewers where they could find you on social media and where they could find the podcast? Yeah, you can find my personal social media at Mickey underscore Canuck on, uh, on Twitter. And you can go and check out the uh, podcast Twitter, Locked on Leafs, and find Locked on Leafs wherever you find your podcasts. Uh, also now up on YouTube as well, Locked on Leafs on YouTube. So you can go find that. And myself and my, my new co-host, Dave Morissuti, and I uh, will be, we'll be keeping an eye and, and let you know what's going on in Leafland. Uh, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks, I would assume, up until the deadline. No question about it. Mike DiStefano, always a pleasure to have you here. Thanks for doing this. Thanks, Gil. 
All right, want to thank my guest, Jay Forster of Locked On Blue Jackets, Trey Matthews of Locked On Devils, and Michael DiStefano of Locked On Maple Leafs. Thank you for making Locked On NHL your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, Locked On Fantasy Hockey. Host Steel Roden and Flip Livingstone help you become the expert of your fantasy league. It's free and available wherever you get podcasts. Thanks again for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast. I'll be back to co-host the Friday show with Rachel Donner and join us throughout the week for some great coverage from around the National Hockey League. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening to the Locked On NHL podcast.